Hello there, and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we catch up with the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers that were played around Africa this week. No major surprises as all the big guns went through. We focus on the Super Eagles of Nigeria who beat Swaziland. What do fans think about their new coach, Sunday Olise? Truly, Steven Keshi is more better than him, 60%. Why? Uh, Steven Keshi always encourages his players. Plus, we continue with our look at the African players in this season's UEFA Champions League, and we look at futsal, a version of five-a-side football that's not very popular in Africa, but is huge in Brazil. With less space, you have to think more. You have to get the football in your head and not only in your foot. You know, you have to be faster and more creative about it. So that's all coming up on the show. But we start with the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers for Africa, as the second leg ties were completed this week, and uh, 20 teams will go through into a group stage of qualifying next year, and the five group winners will get a place at the 2018 World Cup finals in Russia. So these were home and away ties in the second round, played over the space of seven days. Of these 20 teams that qualified, uh, no real shot. At all, Solomon. No real shock, Steve. But it's good to see a team like Uganda there, Steve, are uh, getting into the third round of、uh, the qualifying series. Uganda has been building up gradually, so it's good to see、uh, Uganda there、uh, playing so well. And also, it was good to see、uh, Congo. Uh, Congo defeated、uh, Ethiopia 2-1 and to win 6-4 on aggregate. So immediately after that game, their most travelled coach,、uh, Claude Leroy. Uh, decided to uh, resign. Claude has、uh, coached great countries across Africa. He has coached、uh, Cameroon, especially.、Uh, he's coached, I think, about six, seven teams across the continent of Africa. He has a lot of experience coaching、um, across Africa. He has coached the Democratic Republic of Congo also. So he has really helped them to get to this round, which I think is a great achievement for Congo Republic. Yeah, real legend of African football is a Claude Lewis.、Uh, the only seeded teams that were knocked out were Equatorial Guinea, going down two-one on aggregate to Morocco, who we think of as a bigger team anyway, and Libya knocked out Rwanda, beating them four-one on aggregate. Algeria were Africa's most exciting team at the 2014 World Cup finals in Brazil, and hey, they were very exciting on Tuesday night as they destroyed Tanzania seven nil to go through nine two on aggregate. Steve, that is indeed a great result for Algeria. We have to look at Algeria and see how Algeria has been improving so well. We saw them at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, and it's just a continuation of where they they stopped at the Africa Cup of Nations this year. They played so well, but very unlucky not to get、uh, through to. To the final, and、uh, their club sides have been playing so well. Also, Algerian club sides、uh, winning the Africa Champions League and also getting to the final of the African Champions League.、Uh, so it's indeed、uh, a great thing for for Algeria. But Tanzania in itself, they're beginning to really、uh, grow. They're beginning to produce players that would definitely、uh, in the next. Few years, be definitely,、uh, you know,、uh, a force to be reckoned with. So, but nine to aggregate is is a bit quite、uh, too much.、Um, right in there, we saw Cameroon also, you know,、uh, 
qualifying earlier on. Uh, they played nearly at home, sadly, uh, against uh, Niger. Uh, but in the first leg, they won 3-0. So 3-0 there on aggregate for Cameroon uh, for them to be able to go through. Senegal defeated uh, Madagascar 3 Zero. That is after uh, a 2-2 uh, draw in Madagascar. And um, a few weeks ago, at the start of these qualifiers, we talked about Kenya and asked if they could dream of qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, they've been knocked out. They won the first leg 1-0 against Cape Verde, but uh, went down 2-0 in the return leg in Cape Verde in Praia. Uh, they had a very difficult journey there. It took them 25 hours to get to Cape Verde, and uh, they only arrived just a few hours before kickoff. Also, um, Chad arrived only 30 minutes before kickoff. Uh, before losing 4-0 to Egypt. Uh, they had a bonus dispute and the players at one stage were not happy with the military plane that they were travelling in, with the condition of the plane. Uh, now, looking at some of the other qualifiers, Ivory Coast are usually very solid in uh, qualifying. They beat Liberia 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, two goals in the second leg for their France-based player Giovanni Sio, who plays for Stade Rennes in France. Nigeria going through 2-0 on aggregate against Swaziland. Uh, Solomon was in Nigeria a few weeks ago and he spoke to some fans there and uh, here's one of them who's not at all happy with their new coach, Sunday Olise. Um, as to me, the man no good as a coach who can handle Super Ego. Why do you think so? The man, he don't know how to calm down and encourage players. That's the problem I'm seeing about him. So you think he's a new coach. If you compare him with Stephen Keshi, what do you think? Truly, Stephen Keshi is more better than him, 60%. Why? Uh, Stephen Keshi always encourage his players. He always take his players as a friends. So do you think uh, Super Eagles will get better now? Or you think Super Eagles are not going to perform well? I can't say, boy. Only God knows. Concerning that captain is... Anyway, they had that they give the captain to uh, Mikel. Mikel rejected. They give it to Mosa. And these teams, they are ready to send Olise away now. And they can play... <laughs> you like to just send him away they will be, because players mean a, mean a coach they can find way the other to pursue coach by all means so you think uh, Olise is wrong for taking the captain armspan away from Vincent Nyema well that is very very wrong why because he said Vincent didn't show no. up when he was supposed to show up no, what's the other that Nyema has served this spy group have Nigeria, Nigeria for long and any coach came before Olise, they are used to respect this man as uh, because he said they have a caps, almost 100 caps for Spigu. And now, this coach, who says when this coach come, he said there is a issue between them because Onyema is not intent to retire from football, but the pressure over him in making him to quit. So you think they can settle it and Onyema can come back? Uh, if there is any a good coach now and there is any other coach now, Onyema can come back. That's a football fan in Lagos, Nigeria, that Solomon spoke to a few weeks ago when he was in the country. Uh, not a fan of the new coach, Sunday Olise, who's a former great player for Nigeria. Uh, I watched the match against Swaziland and uh, he went into huge celebrations at the final whistle as uh, Nigeria did progress to the final stage of World Cup qualifying. But... Um, are those the views of most fans there, Solomon, or are they divided about whether Sunday Olise was the right man to replace Stephen Keshi? Uh, there's uh, a lot of division concerning Sunday Olise being the right man to replace uh, 
Stephen Keshi and how he has played so far with the team. A lot of football fans felt the play and the style and the excitement isn't there anymore, uh, that the Super Eagles struggle to win games. And the first leg, as we saw against Swaziland, uh, they, it was a nil-nil draw. And uh, the second leg, you know, uh, it took about 60 minutes or so to register the first goal. And, and then came the second goal uh, from F.A. Ambrose. And the celebration from Sunday Olise, you know, watching that game and seeing how he was celebrating, I felt a bit awkward because I felt this is Swaziland we're playing. No disrespect to Swaziland, but Swaziland doesn't even have a professional league. A very small country of just about 2 million people. Uh, their football is still growing. Uh, and Nigeria had a lot of experiences. And, and it seems like Nigeria was struggling against. And he was so excited. So what if Nigeria gets to play a country like Algeria? Or, uh, I think it's going to be really difficult for Nigeria. Nigeria brought in a few new players. Uh, uh, Major League Soccer's uh, top goal scorer, uh, Bafemi Martin, who the last time he played for Nigeria, what, a few years ago, he was back on the squad. So it was good to see him and Simon Moses uh, got the second goal he's just 20 years of age he plays in for in Belgium for for Jank and so it was good to see some young players coming through all that is good but how much time do you have a lot of Nigerians are not patient also Steve the football fan you know uh, and not just him alone but a lot of other football fans across the country of Nigeria you know are expressing their displeasure uh, you know, the way uh, former captain and uh, great goalkeeper Vincent Nyema, he had a fallout with uh, Sunday Olise and, and they felt the coach didn't handle things very well. They they felt at 33, Vincent Nyema still has a lot to offer uh, to the Super Eagles. He's been a great servant of uh, the Super Eagles of the national team and they felt the way he retired was not really pleasant because he's not just a great goalkeeper, he was also a great leader and they felt that is absent and, and that is absent because uh, Vincent Nyema is not on the team anymore. Well thanks very much Solomon and we'll see how Sunday Ulisse does with the Super Eagles of Nigeria. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Do take a look at our website. It's planetsportfootballafrica.com. It's designed specifically for smartphones. And you can listen to each week's current show there and find out more about the team. And a Solomon Stewart and myself are talk about our best moments at the FIFA World Cup and also tell you when we think an African team will win the World Cup. Find out more on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. The address is at PlanetSportFA. You can keep in touch with news about the programme and African football news. The Twitter handle at PlanetSportFA. Still to come on the show, part three of our look at the Africans in the UEFA Champions League. This week, Stuart focuses on players from Ghana. When Astana of Kazakhstan played HJK, of Finland in the Champions League qualifier, what would be the chances of two Ghanaians facing each other but it actually happened? But now to futsal, a version of five-a-side football that's not very big in Africa but is very popular in certain parts of the world. The African Futsal Championship was introduced in 1996 and Egypt won the first three editions. In 2008 it was won by the host Libya. They beat Egypt in the final. And the last edition of the African Futsal Championship was cancelled. Burkina Faso were due to have hosted it. The 2016 edition is set to be hosted by South Africa in April with a new name, the African Futsal Cup of Nations. 
Only 12 teams have entered the qualifiers, which will take place next month. Now, Egypt have twice reached the second round at the FIFA Futsal World Cup, but it's not a big sport in most of Africa. But it is hugely popular in Brazil. This five a side game is played by more people around the country than 11 a side football and is widely acknowledged to have contributed to the development of football in Brazil. When we were there at the World Cup in Brazil last year, Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss found out more at a futsal social project in Rio. It was developed in Brazil and Uruguay in the 1930s and 40s and could be described as a version of five-a-side football, played on a smaller pitch though with a smaller ball that has less bounce. This encourages players to focus on the technical aspect of the game, to think quickly and to use more skill as they're playing. Brazil are the most successful national side, they are the current FIFA Futsal World Champions. The Methodist Church in Vila Isabel runs a futsal project for children in the local community. We went along to one of the sessions and spoke to the coach in charge. What is so good about futsal? It's the fellowship, the union and the ability to work it uh, together. And what makes it different from normal football, 11 aside? The biggest difference is about the space. You have to get... Uh, a fast ratios and you know you have to think faster and what do the kids learn from it by playing at an early age how does it develop their game with less space you have to think more you have to get the football in your head and not only in your foot you know you have to be faster and more creative about it and, and why is it so big why is it so popular in Brazil because you have more square than fields in Brazil. You have more place to play foot, futsal than place to you put you, to you play football. Marcelo, lateral esquerdo, saiu do futsal. Some athletes they come from the futsal. Zico, Ronaldo, and Neymar. They all of them came from this uh, this sport. We've been amazed and encouraged by some of these social projects that we've visited that have been organised by the local church and non-governmental organisations. Youth pastor Tiago told us about the work he's involved in and why they do it. We work with uh, 40 children of the community and our goal with this is avoiding them with uh, the crime and the violence that we have in the community. So what about the community? What's it like? It's a very dangerous place and we have uh, very careful about these children because we know that they are good but they are in the middle of a lot of conflict and about two, two months ago we lost uh, a children because they were shot in the head and that is something that make, made us very sad about but we try with this project uh, get them out of this situation of violence, and that's one of the most violent, uh, violent and dangerous place in Rio de Janeiro. And our church in here, and we want to do something about it. What is it that's so good about futsal? Because this is a, a huge sport here in Brazil, isn't it? And, and the kids obviously love to play play it. Why do you think that is? The football, it's almost like a religion for, for Brazilian people. 
and they are crazy about it. And that's one of the things that motivate them to, to be here with us. And that it's, it's something that they dream it about it, to be a professional soccer players. And we want to help them to, to get this dream, you know. We can help them. I think that is our biggest motivation. Help them to get out of a wrong choice. Help them to get out of difficult ways that he, that then leaves, you know. We want to help them. And we are here for that, for helping. That's Pastor Tiago ending that feature from Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss on futsal in one of the favelas, the low-income communities in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil that was recorded around the time of last year's FIFA World Cup. Now, Solomon Futsal is a version of five-a-side football. It doesn't seem to be very popular in Africa. Is it something that football federations on the continent should consider developing? One of the benefits is actually, you know, when you play futsal, because of the pitch and the number of players and the rules, you, you have to improvise if you really want to win. Uh, so you, a lot of the way that you play is all about improvising. And also it helps with your creativity because of the pitch and also the ball and the weight of the ball in itself and the size of the ball, you have to be extremely creative. And because of that, we see a lot of flair. And also, with it, you know, it helps you with your ball technique, how you handle the ball, your ball control, how you handle the ball and how you move from your side to your opponent's side. Uh, again, because of the size of the ball, normally in futsal, you don't have a, a throw in, you have a kick in. So how do you do, how do you make sure that you take advantage of that anytime you have a kick in? That is uh, definitely important for you to be able to do that. It's just something that I think we needed in Africa. In Africa, we've seen a few Brazilian academies coming up uh, over and over. In South Africa, for instance, I've been to one or two Brazilian academies. And sometimes we get even young under-14 players from uh, Fluminense or uh, Flamingo coming to South Africa to play in tournaments. Every year they do come come down uh, to play in tournaments and when you watch them the way they play and compare them to the local lads from Nigeria, uh, invited from Nigeria, Botswana or South Africa, you, you definitely see a lot of the difference, you know, and I think futsal should be played by younger people, uh, much, much younger people. A, a lot of people are playing five-a-side for social reasons, older people, uh, but we need to introduce that like in schools, in, in clubs uh, and, and really tell young players you know you have to play this if you really want to be able to progress as a footballer and we actually sometimes we have to make it some sort of compulsory uh, just so they would develop in the right way as we've seen the brazilians uh done over the years well thanks solomon and uh, on facebook and whatsapp we're asking uh, do you think that africa should get more serious about futsal it's believed to have contributed to the development of football in Brazil as it needs a lot of skill. And of course, African football is known for its skill. But only 12 teams are taking part in the qualifiers for next year's African Futsal Championship. So do you think that Africa should get more serious about the game of futsal? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Now, on last week's show, we heard from Nigeria under-17 coach Emmanuel Amonike, who led the Golden Eaglets to a record fifth under-17 World Cup title. 
But despite Africa's great success at youth level, an African team has never gone beyond the quarter-finals of the Senior World Cup. So we were asking, why is the talent at youth level not being translated to senior level? Well, this has really caught your imagination with a big response this week with a lot of different ideas. Saidu Tamba Giro from the Gambia says that young African players are good, but they don't aim high. Some don't take football as a job, but as a way to be rich and famous. But as Saidu adds, I'm sure one day Africa will win the World Cup. Many of you agree that there's a lack of ambition.、Uh, Musa Toure says, "I think when it comes to senior-level tournaments, we lack that strength of fighting for glory." Alan Campbell in Sierra Leone thinks the lack of ambition is driven by money. He says, "I think it has to do with the extreme level of poverty. People are easily satisfied and lack ambition to grow higher." When they're able to sign professional contracts to small clubs in Europe, they become satisfied and don't fight hard to go above that level. Extreme poverty makes them become easily satisfied.、Uh, Belong Baji in the Gambia thinks the lack of investment in training facilities is the issue. He says football needs money and good facilities, which are lacking. Ebrima Fabu Jami agrees. Football is expensive, he says, and African teams can't afford such expenditures. But Ebrima is optimistic. He says for sure these upcoming youngsters in Africa will bring the World Cup to Africa one fine day. Aliou Fai wonders if success at junior level may be down to having overage players, something that has been a problem in African football in recent years. Aliou says that you can send someone whose age has exceeded the age limit for that category, but when it comes to the seniors, where you all have the same majority, we are found wanting. Aliou says the other point might be the nurturing of these young players. In Africa, we lack good facilities to maintain and improve these young lads to become professionals. And Samana Jan Kali feels that as players get older, they're more concerned about their individual performances rather than playing as a team. The technical know-how of team spirit, as well as individual performance, is the clear manifestation. He says, adding that Africa is rising and World Cup glory is getting closer. Saidu Bar thinks these successful junior players are not managed properly as they get older. To my view, the reason is because players are not groomed to continue playing as they were at under 17 level. He says. Morris Odipo from Kenya offers another suggestion: junior tournaments are better managed, says Morris. There's a high level of dedication and nationalism at that stage, but at senior stage, the management are often corrupt. The majority of the players are established at this level, and they're aware of what's going on and only play for formality. But for many of you, there's a whole range of issues involved, rather than one specific one. Duruchidi Reginald from the Gambia speaks for many when he says administrative lapses of the various national football associations, bad management of the senior players, lack of commitment of the senior players to honour national duties, bad management of the leagues and clubs, and a lack of commitment from retired players to come home and support in building and raising the next superstars. These, he says, are just Some of the factors, and Adrian Bendera in Malawi says it's very tough for African teams to lift the Senior World Cup. They lack consistency, and in Africa, football is not taken as a business, but rather a hobby. Hence, no effort is applied in terms of finances. 
Well, that really was a great debate, and thanks for all of those comments. Uh, and finally, Paulus David got in touch from Namibia. He says, I listen to the show and I'm very interested. I like hearing about African football. Well, thank you, uh, Paulus, for your support, and thanks to everyone who got in touch this week. As always, you're welcome to get in touch uh, with your comments on any football matter, as well as our question for this week. We're asking, should Africa get more serious about futsal, this version of five-a-side football? The WhatsApp number, plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. And our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. Okay, now uh, Stuart has started a look at the African players who've been involved in this season's UEFA Champions League, players who are with clubs in the group stage and those who played in the early knockout rounds. Now, last time it was the Nigerian players, and this week, Stuart, you've got several Ghanaian players to highlight. Yes, and, you know, the one I want to start with is Baba Rahman at Chelsea. Now, he's 21, he played three years in Germany, his last year at Augsburg, Most people would have thought that coming to Chelsea he would struggle for game time, but you know he's forced his way into the Chelsea side, and you know he's played in two Champions League games already for Chelsea. You know some people might say that uh, Chelsea are struggling so much at the moment that anyone could get in the team, but I don't think that's fair. I think he's made a great start to his career in England. He's only twenty-one, so he's got an awful lot in front of him. Then we've got Akwasi Asari playing for Ghent in the Netherlands. He's played for several years in Belgium and Netherlands. And, you know, he's played this year as Ghent are in the Champions League proper. He's played against Valencia, he's played against Zenit from Russia. And another one who's getting lots of good experience is Enoch Adu at Malmo. Now, his career took him to Norway and Belgium and has been at Malmo in Sweden for the last two years. And he's actually played seven games in the Champions League this year, as, of course, that Malmo had to qualify. And he's actually played against Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid. So you can't really go much higher than that for a 25-year-old Ghanaian who's really mixing with the best. You know, some of the others that it amuses me. Now, when Astana of Kazakhstan, played HJK of Finland in the Champions League qualifier. What would be the chances of two Ghanaians facing each other? But it actually happened. Patrick Tsumasi was playing for Astana, and uh, we won't mention the fact that he got a red card in the game, and he found himself opposed to Gideon Ba who uh, plays in Finland and has been there for three years. So imagine uh, that, two Ghanaians finding themselves opposing each other, in the wilds of Kazakhstan. Three more to mention quickly. Three players who've played in the Champions League but have not actually got into the the last 32 is Suli Munira playing at Stoya Bucharest. Now, he came to Romania as a 19-year-old and has played for the last four years there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing well. They lost to Partizan Belgrade, but then they lost in the Europa League. But he's making a career. And then there's Samuel Afum of Young Boys in Switzerland, who after two years with Smoa in Egypt, got a chance to come to Europe. And, uh, you know, he's been, been playing regularly for Young Boys and, you know, played against Monaco. They lost both of those in the qualifying round. And finally, Abdul Teti, 
who's playing in Poland with Lech Potsan. Now, his career has taken him to Spain and Greece, and he's now in his first season at Lech Poznan, and they went out of the qualifying round, but he's now playing for them in the Europa League. We think in Europe that playing against teams from different countries is really important in developing players. The Champions League, ideally, Europa League, second best, but still very worthwhile. And, you know, I think that some of these Ghanaian players that not many people have heard of now may well go on to better things and better clubs because of this experience that they're having. Yeah, sure. The experience can only be a good thing. Thanks a lot, Stuart. And uh, by the way, it's match day five of the UEFA Champions League this coming week. And English Premier League action is back this weekend. Manchester City, Liverpool, the big game. That's on Saturday. And also on Saturday in Spain, it's the El Clasico as Real Madrid host Barcelona. Well, that's it for this week's show. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, should Africa get serious about futsal? This version of five-a-side football that's not very popular in Africa, but as we heard, is very big in Brazil and elsewhere around the world. Our WhatsApp number plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. You can follow us on Twitter. The address is at PlanetSportFA. Don't forget our website as well, planetsportfootballafrica.com. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.